Hello and welcome to the Real Life Real Talk Podcast. I am your host, William Carr. Today I'm going to share with you what most people love to talk about, and so do I. And this is money. I know what you're thinking. Another podcast about money. In the next few minutes, I will mention the word money a lot. I will be talking about money as a reference to wealth, riches, and fortune. This podcast is a little different than most podcasts on the subject of money. It is for those who may not have a clear understanding of money and how it influences their way of thinking and their lives. The perspective of what money really is and how our thoughts affect our ideas of the medium of exchange, the dollar, are so intermingled, it is sometimes difficult to separate the two. Let the record reflect, I am not a money guru or an expert on every aspect of money. This information is not a how-to or get-rich-quick. This information is to assist you in your understanding some aspects of money. When we start to understand money and what we understand about the medium of exchange, we will find there is a big difference in our understanding of the relationship between the two. The understanding of money is like a picture puzzle. There are many pieces. All the pieces of the puzzle should reflect the full picture once they are put together. Any missing piece will cause a false perception of the picture and the puzzle cannot be completed. You can try many pieces to fit in the spot where the missing pieces goes, but only the right piece will complete the picture. How important is it to have the right pieces? It depends on the picture you want to display. If any picture will do, let me suggest to pull out the pieces on the table and leave them as they fall. However, if you are concerned about having all the pieces to complete the right picture, make sure you have all the pieces. The understanding of money is similar to a picture puzzle. One missing piece can cause a distortion in your picture. There are many pieces to this puzzle of understanding money. You may have some pieces already. It is my intent to offer some additional pieces. Let me share a story about me. When I was growing up, I knew almost nothing about money. I knew what it was, and if I wanted to buy something, my parents discussed it or argued about it, depending on your point of view. Because there was almost never enough of it, we did not sit around the table talking about the pros and cons of it, nor did I hear talk about money from relatives and friends other than the fact they had also little of it. Yet, I never got a clear understanding of the meaning of money and its value. As I recall, in high school, the subject we studied and the information we received were to help us in our quest for good jobs and how to make money. However, the subjects that were taught did not give us adequate knowledge about money. I often heard other students question the subjects we had to take. 
the understanding of the applications of these subjects were out of focus. We were encouraged to go to college, make good grades, and work hard for one of the top employers in order to earn an excellent wage. Also, we were encouraged to climb the corporate ladder in order to gain success. For the most part, these encouragements were great, but after a while, the reality of the world sets in and the true meaning of getting an education is revealed and that is to make money, money, money. Now that I am older, I can see the financial literacy should have been a part of my education. The truth is this, everything we learn in school relates to life and money in some way, in some manner. We unjustly did not have all the pieces of the puzzles where we could have made sense of the picture. We were not told that in this society, practically everything point to lend itself to the understanding of money. Once we understand the enterprise of money, we can fit the pieces of the puzzles together and only then can we clearly see the whole picture of, of our financial lives and can determine what the picture should look like. By using history, economics, mathematics, and science, I have developed a theory called the governance of money. The governance of money is an attempt to give information that will be helpful in the understanding of money. Although this writing will not make one a genius, it will broaden one's perspective on money and financial literacy and how to make practical application of that learning. In this society, we must have a good understanding of money to maintain our awareness of what is happening around us. As we proceed, there are four areas that will assist in the understanding of money and its use. One, the origin of money. Two, the concept of money. Three, the use and perception of money and four, the psychology of money. These ideas will give the reader an understanding of what influences our money and what our money influences. My approach to get you to understand money or financial literacy is by using the concepts and principles of economics, history, and mathematics and science. These disciplines are the basis of what I call the governance of money. Since we have a basic idea of what money is, let's define what a governance is. What is a governance? The concept of governance goes back to the beginning of civilization. It is the process of making decisions and the applications of those decisions. Governance focus on the actions of making decisions in a formal and informal set and implementing the decisions made. 
A governance is a set of rules and procedures for making decisions. It describes the laws governing the formation and structure through which objectives are set, provides a means of achieving the objectives, and monitors the performance against the objectives. Also, it is a mechanism to assess the compliance of the original objectives. A society's well-being depends on ensuring all its members feel they have a part in the process of life and do not feel excluded. Good governance assures these processes and institutions produce results that meet society's basic needs while making the best use of resources at their disposal. According to Price 2018 in What Constitutes Good Governance, he states, the idea of effective contents of good governance also covers the sustainability, use of natural resources, and of the environment. Many of the decisions of a governance involve money in some contexts. Unless laws and rules that governs money are given careful consideration, decisions that are made about money may be empty and void. Good governance have several characteristics that must be exercised to assure the process is not corrupted and the views of all are taken into account. One characteristic that must be demonstrated is participation of men and women and the protection of the rights of individuals when they are given the opportunity to be involved in the decision-making process. Price also states, Good governance does not voice supremacy, nor is it domineering. It does not use excessive power over authority or total control. Clearly, good governance is achieved in its entirety when human development works with the aim of making the process a reality. These are principles that bind the governance of money. We will call these principles the foundation of good government. These foundational principles are helpful for our personal growth as well as our understanding of a good governance. When I was younger, I lived in an area where buildings were being constructed everywhere. There were large buildings, small buildings, houses, and apartments. I became fascinated in seeing the building go up step by step, starting from the bottom to the top. There was one thing each construction had in common. They all started from the bottom up. I never saw any of the buildings start constructions from the roof to the foundation. Building a solid foundation is essential to most construction, but it's critically essential when you build houses and other buildings. If the foundation is not constructed properly, the rest of the structure is at risk and is subject to collapsing from the roof down. As important as the foundation is, where the foundation is laid is more important. 
In the scriptures, there's a story about two builders. The first builder chose to build his house on a nice, beautiful beachfront property. When the rains came and the winds blew, the foundation became unstable because where he built the house, the ground was, was sandy and the ground had no depth. The house fell and became rubbish. The second builder chose a property where the ground was solid and the rocks helped gird the property. When the rains came and the winds blew, the foundation withstood the onslaught of fierce rain and wind. Where do we want to build our foundation when it comes to understanding money and finances? Do we wish to build on concepts and principles that will not stand when the cares of the world attack us or build on solid principles that values that we know have been tested many times? As it relates to good governance of our finances, I will share some foundational principles to consider. One is integrity. Two is confidence and self-esteem. Three, spirituality. Four, exalting others. Five, unselfishness. Six, giving. And number seven is commitment. Now in commitment, there are seven principles as well that I would wish to share with you. The first principle of commitment is acceptance. The second one is devotion. Number three, reciprocity. Four, responsibility. Five, purpose. Six, gratification. Seven, willingness. When the application of the seven principles of commitments are used in decision-making process, it will give strength to the beliefs and behaviors of an individual. Let's talk about money from a historical perspective. What is money? We now have a basic understanding of what a governance is. Let us define what money is. Money is not so much to what we say in words, but in the actions and responses we give and our utility of it. Knowing this will aid us in the understanding of money. If we can separate the two terms, money and the medium of exchange, the dollar, we will find what we think about money is the impetus to how we spend our dollar. The history of money. As published Secrets of Making Money, originally broadcast on October the 22nd, 1996, it states, the program follows the U.S. Treasury and the Secret Service on a joint mission to stay ahead of counterfeiters and make a better, more high-tech buck. It gives the history of money. In the beginning, barter. Barter is the exchange of resources or services for mutual advantage, and the practice likely dates back 10,000s of years, perhaps even to the dawn of modern humans. Some would even argue that it's not purely a human activity. Plants and animals have been bartering in symbiotic relationships for millions of years. In any case, 
bothering among humans certainly predates the use of money. Today's individuals, organizations, and governments still use and often prefer barter as a form of exchange of goods and services. 1000 BC, the first metal money and coins. Bronze and copper, cowrie imitations were manufactured by China at the end of the Stone Age and could be considered some of the earliest forms of metal coins. Metal tool money, such as knife and spade monies, were also first used in China. These early metal monies developed into a primitive version of round coins. These early coins first appeared in Lydia, which is part of the present-day Turkey, but the techniques were quickly copied and further refined by the Greeks, Persian, Macedonians, and later the Roman empires. Unlike Chinese coins, which depend on base metals, these new coins were made from precious metals such as silver, bronze, and gold, which had more inherent value. 500 BC, the modern coinage. Outside of China, the first coins developed out of lumps of silver. They soon took the familiar round form of today and were stamped with various gods and emperors to mark their authenticity. 118 BC, leather money. Leather money was used in China in the form of a one foot square pieces of white deer skin with colorful borders. This could be considered the first documented type of banknote. The first known paper banknotes appeared in China. In all, China experienced over 500 years of early paper money spanning from the 9th through the 15th century. Over this period, paper notes grew in production to the point that their value rapidly depreciated and inflation soared. Then beginning in 1455, the use of paper money in China disappeared for several hundred years. This was still many years before paper currency would reappear in Europe and the three centuries before it was considered common. 1886 Gold Standard Gold was officially made the standard of value in England in 1816. At this time, guidelines were made to allow for non-inflationary production of standard banknotes which represented a certain amount of gold. 1930 The End of the Gold Standard The massive depressions of the 1930s that worldwide marked the beginning of the end of the gold standard. In the United States, the gold standard was revived and the price of gold was devalued. This was the first step in ending the relationship altogether. The British and the international gold standard soon ended as well. And the complexities of international monetary regulations began. The present. Today, currency continues to change and develop as evidenced by the new $100 bill, U.S. Ben Franklin bill. The future, electronic money. In our digital age, economic transactions regularly take place electronically without the exchange of any physical currency. 
digital cash in the form of bits and bytes will most likely continue to be the currency of the future. In the next episode, the conversation will be on concept, perceptions, psychology, and economics of money. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you have comments or observations about the podcast, you can send them to one real life ministries at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, please share it with family and friends. Until the next time, consider the information that was given today and see if there is any practical application for your life. And remember to keep it real.